Welcome to an HBO podcast from the HBO Late Night series, Real Time with Bill Murray. Okay. Here we are in overtime. I was just offering Ross a... We've already given away two of the others. Would you like the P-tape? Would you like the Trump <laughs> penis pump? I gotta, I gotta step off stage and w- call you, my wife. <laughs> would, you, would you like the uh, receipt for Melania? How about that for a uh, thing? All right. All right, so where are the... Oh, here we, here we are. Cracker Barrel recently announced a new plant-based f- fake meat option. Really? <laughs> hey, at their restaurants. As a vegan... Oh, this is for you. You're a vegan. I'm a pescatarian, but I'm, I, I know that that's somewhere that we might have a little... So you just kill fish. It's fine. Yes, they just kill fish. No, I think there is... It's true. You've got to have some trade-offs. I get it. You've got to have ethics in the vegan game. <laughs> Their motto, a little murder. Uh, as, a yeah, big, as, a, as a pescatarian, yeah. I'll change that too. Do you think America will ever be ready for a meatless future? You know, I don't, I don't like the veganism that is like evangelizing it to other people. I don't right. believe in mandating it, but I do believe that with technology and also with our environmental constraints and how much, how much land and water and resources goes into meat and our growing population at the same time, that a shift that way organically, I think, is a healthy and probably inevitable thing. Well, <laughs> certainly we eat too much meat. Yeah. Definitely. The inconvenient truth about meat, I think, is that although it's a disaster for the planet and certainly not good for the animals mm-hmm. who get killed, it may not be bad for us, mm-hmm. depending on who you are, what your composition is, how much you eat. But there is, there is just not definitive science, as we were talking about, really about almost Did animals. you ever see a happy vegan? Ever? <laughs> yes. Yes. Seriously. They're well, always, no. well, always hangry, aren't they? Like, like... No, that is not true. They see you eating a steak. Stop it! Stop it! That is... And you know what it is. No, they just that... want a steak. No, that is not true. But what we need, what yeah. we need is the... That's not true. ..the Kevin Costner character in Yellowstone when he has a little uh, romantic entanglement with an animal rights activist. He gives her a long speech about how the process of agricultural turbines kills immense numbers of voles and mice and so on. Anyway, I can't deliver that speech, but that's that's what that's so what you that's, need. That's, right? that's you, like you, crossfires of production versus taking an animal, rearing it, and then allowing it to be abso- used for its entire well, lifespan. Also, factory farming. Yeah, it's one thing f- to eat hmm. meat; it's another thing to torture animals oh, on the way. You, th- that is not necessary. People didn't used to do that a hundred years ago. There wasn't factory and farming. That's more than ninety percent of the meat that we consume from supermarkets. Right. I only eat meat from an animal that died of natural causes. <laughs> <laughs> Resting comfortably after a long illness at Cedar Sinai. Those are the only animals. Uh, if Trump appears. <clears throat> If Trump had not blown up at you after learning about your negative comments of it, would you still be open to being his friend? Yeah, you interviewed Trump recently down at yeah, Mar-a-Lago. I right? did four months ago. Yeah, yeah. And um, he walked if out. If I'd known he had the nuclear football sitting there, I'd have right. probably not gone. Um, it was quite funny because the interview was quite fractious in parts, and then he would be quite friendly, and then quite fractious um, because he'd been sent a whole load of things I'd said about him be- uh, just before the interview, uh, and he, he called me up to his office. And he, it was like meeting like uh, Al Pacino in the golf bar. They, he had this bit of paper, and he was like, you called me a mob boss? You called me a gangster? 
You said I should never run for office again. Why should I do this effing interview? Well, he had it on a piece of paper. We had someone oh. has sent. Well, you know, you know, you know who used to do that? Yeah. At the end, Frank Sinatra. Yeah. <laughs> really, he would have a list. Oh, he did. Like, he had, he, had the he was to too, my way. Yeah. He was too old to remember who he hated. Yeah. <laughs> Really? So they were, I'm not kidding about this. He would put down the this broad, this stupid broad, said I, you know, and then he would just, it was the same thing. It was quite funny. The, the way I turned it around was he'd, um, I said to him, look, it's not all going to be bad. I was trying to save the interview. And he said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, I want to talk about your hole in one last week at golf. Right. He went, then he... he went, oh, it was a great shot. I went, I know, I know. I said, um, I said, it's, have you seen the interview it's... with Ernie Els in the Palm Beach Gazette, whatever it was? And he'd just come out. I said, Ernie? Ernie gave an interview because he played with him. He said, no, what did he say? I said, he said you were the best presidential golfer he'd ever played with. He said it was a brilliant shot. It was a five iron into the wind, bang, bang, straight in the hole. He said it was fantastic. He went, all right, I'll do the interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that is Donald... That is... And that is all you need to know about Donald it's all, Trump. It's all Everyone has always overthought Donald Trump. Correct. He is a sick man. He yeah. has this disease... Called malignant narcissism. Yeah. It's it's really in the book of yes. crazy. Yeah. I mean, and and he's got the worst case of it. Yeah. That's that explains Putin. It explains why he doesn't anything bad about the KKK. Whoever yeah. likes him, he will automatically like you. Yeah. I remember he said it in the campaign. Putin said it was brilliant. I think I'll take the compliment. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Putin said I was brilliant. Done. Ross, why is Lyme disease ignored by the media and medical establishment despite nearly half a million Americans being diagnosed each year? Would you say it's a silent epidemic? Well, I think we kind of... I mean, we're, you know, Lyme patients actually tend to complain a lot, so it's not, it's not completely, I, it's not completely no, it's, silent. it's, it's not it's, silent at all. It, it's just it's, not well yeah, I mean, researched and, and treated and we don't know very much. Right, and we were, you know, we were talking about all the limits of modern medicine. But the thing that you have to keep in mind in defense of all those doctors who saw me and couldn't diagnose me is it sounds really weird, right? You're telling me, you know, you were bitten by a tick and it gave you this condition and it doesn't follow any particular patterns and one day your foot hurts and the next day your chest hurts and the next day you're gagging up your breakfast. It sounds a little weird. And there's also a cycle that happens with, with these kind with. When, when you're a person who has an experience like this, right, and you realize that, you know, you have a problem that the system can't, can't fix, right, you get tugged into weird places. And suddenly you're saying, well, you know, if the people outside the establishment are right about Lyme disease, about how to treat chronic Lyme disease, maybe they're right about chemtrails. Maybe they're right about Bigfoot. And the next time you see your doctor, you start talking to him about Bigfoot, and he's like, oh, another Lyme disease patient with a Bigfoot obsession, right? <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a no, no, no. It's a terrible analogy. <laughs> it is. I'm sorry, but the human body is still a mystery. We're still at the infancy of understanding. You know, they don't know why Tylenol works. They don't know why anesthesia works. They, well, they ty know Tylenol would never get approved by the FDA, Today. Why? It's too... Isn't it too carcinogenic? It's, it's too... Uh, this oh. is why... Yeah, yeah. it's... it's yeah, isn't it over-the-counter in the U.S., but of not course. in other countries, though? Tylenol? I th Tylenol is, I think... Them, I think right? You know what? I'm going to display... I'm going to refrain from displaying, <laughs> displaying ignorance and well, let people take their Tylenol. I'm just saying... 
<laughs> yes. There's definitely something. I don't know. Maybe That's it's right. Not, yeah, there's definitely there's, it's, it's one of those things. Like, it's one of those things. Do your own research. I'm amazed. <laughs> Big Tylenol. You, I mean, you look so healthy after so much antibiotics. That amazes me. Because, I mean, antibiotics, I'm very glad they exist in this world. I mean, before antibiotics, you could die from a splinter. Mm-hmm. Now we're almost going to enter a phase of history where we may not have antibiotics because we've overused them so yep. much. Fact, but they do incredible damage when you're on Oh, yeah. Again, like any medicine, there is a... No, no, and lots and, of... And, and did you is, have antibiotic... I was... I was, inc- I mean, I was incredibly lucky. I had very... I took... I didn't just take antibiotics for six years. At various points, I was taking, like, 12 pills a day, 15 right. pills a day, and I never had... You know, a lot of people, their you know, yeah. bowels can't handle it. And right. this is, you know, again, one of the many reasons people struggle with these illnesses is because if you have to take antibiotics for months or well, years, it just becomes something that people just, yeah, absolutely can't handle. But this well, is the, the weird irony of Lyme disease is that we're used to a world where people are worried about doctors over-prescribing antibiotics. Before I got Lyme disease, I was like, oh, doctors, they'll give you an antibiotic for anything. Right. And then... You have Lyme disease, they give you two weeks of antibiotics, and you're, like, begging. You're like, could I just have right. one more week of antibiotics? And like, no, absolutely, absolutely not. What, are you crazy? You're going to be dealing doxycycline behind the hospital. I know you are. Well, I'm just glad, as I said before, I'm going to reiterate. That's the headline tonight for me. To I'm so glad you're, you're back and you're healthy, and that's what's important, and I give the credit to Jesus. Amen, All right. brother. Thank you very much. <laughs> Catch all new episodes of Real Time with Bill Maher every Friday night at 10, or watch him anytime on HBO On Demand. For more information, log on to HBO.com.